Well, good morning, Valley Point. It's good to be with all of you again today. And happy September, a new month. We have now moved into the most wonderful season of all, football season. Last Sunday, Pastor Eric wrapped up our summer teaching series. And next Sunday, he launches a new series. So today, we're in the land between. But I like Labor Day weekend. It's sort of a weekend that you can appreciate all of the fun of the summer months and then begin to gear up for a new season ahead. However, without having to describe it, we all feel the uniqueness of what this year has brought. Summer was very different, and now fall is setting up to be much different for many of us as well, especially if you have school or college-age kids. My wife, Courtney, is a second-grade public school teacher, and we also have three kids, all sixth grade and younger, including a kindergartner. So the next couple of months is going to be very special around the Jones house, so please pray for us. But as I was planning and praying over what to share this morning, I thought this particular weekend would be a good time to take our eyes, our minds, and worries off of what's around us and look inward. A personal assessment, if you will. In fact, over the next several weeks, our teaching will focus on looking inward and developing a Christian character to allow us to be a bright light for others. Jesus, while he taught on earth, was really good at helping people do just this. Many issues of Jesus' day parallel with what's happening today. There was political unrest. There was civil unrest and even religious unrest within the church. Jesus addresses all of these things directly with grace and with love. Jesus was gifted at addressing political issues, religious issues, humanitarian issues, social issues, all while also challenging individuals to consider the deepest issues, one's heart and soul. He never ignored what was happening in the world, but he made sense of it by bringing to light human depravity. That isn't to say people accepted that or agreed with that, but Jesus' grace and love transcended current affairs. And today, we're going to hear a story Jesus tells. This is going to be a parable, a hypothetical story that draws in spiritual truths. One of the things I like most about this particular parable is that Jesus plainly explains it to his disciples after he tells it. There's no personal opinions. There's no interpretation required, no heavy scholarly research needed, no controversy around what Jesus intended because he explains it plainly to us. A couple of things, though, before we get into that, in order to set the scene. See, until this point in Jesus' teaching, he would speak directly. Here is what you should, here is what you should not do. For example, he would say, don't allow anger to control you. Don't break your vows and commit adultery. Revenge is not helpful, and it won't make you feel better. Love your enemies. Be salt, be light to the world. Be generous to others in need. Be generous with your money. Don't judge others. Treat others the way you want to be treated. He taught straightforward without anyone needing to explain the meaning of anything. Well, this next story we are about to read was the first time 
Jesus taught in a new way. He begins to use storytelling to communicate to people what they need to know about following him and about living a God-pleasing life. And he makes this shift for a reason that we're going to see a little bit later. But first, let's look at our big idea for today, which is the soil of your heart determines the effectiveness of your faith. So the soil of your heart determines the effectiveness of your faith. We're going to unpack this today. Let's look at Jesus' story. Matthew chapter 13. Here's what he says. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlining rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun. And since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still, other seeds fell on fertile soil. And they produced a crop that was 30, 60, even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And take notice of this phrase because it's going to return. So many were confused in hearing this story, as were Jesus' own disciples. His disciples were surprised by Jesus' new approach And would later, when they were aside from the crowd, would ask him to explain why he's now teaching in a different way. So Jesus tells them in verse 12. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. And they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening... Even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. That is why I use these parables. For they look, but don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. There's our phrase again. We're going to break our conversation up today. First, we're going to look at the explanation of the parable. And I think this will help enlighten some of the frustration we can have with ourselves at times and also help us with our frustrations with others in our lives who have not yet put their trust in Jesus. Then after we explain the parable, we will look at the implications of it in our lives. And this is where we will gather our takeaways for today. So here is Jesus's explanation of the story. Verse 18, he says, now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. Well, wait a minute. That's not very fair. Just because someone doesn't understand, the truth is snatched away from them? 
But let's look a little further. And when we study a little further, Jesus is speaking of those who refuse to accept the word of God. So this is a cognitive rejection of truth, or in other words, a complete lack of positive response. When there's a response like this, the enemy, Satan, is given the opportunity to remove or distort the truth, which makes that person even less likely to accept the truth in the future. Have you ever had somebody in your life where you're just like, the more you try and the more opportunities they have to see Christ at work around them, the more they reject and explain it away or just completely miss seeing it altogether. That's not to say we give up on them or that it's impossible for them to believe. Jesus here is just simply helping us understand why it becomes harder and harder for some people to recognize and internalize truth the more they dismiss it and reject it in their lives. They're given Satan the opportunity to carry truth further and further away from them. And he's really good at that. So Matthew Henry states it this way. Christ taught in parables whereby the things of God were made more plain and easy to those willing to be taught and at the same time more difficult and obscure to those who are willingly ignorant. Not the kind of soil we need to have in our hearts. And he goes on to explain the next type of soil. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or, or are persecuted for believing God's word. So the rocky soil receives special attention. It could be because this might be most often the case for individuals. And there's a pattern that's established with this particular kind of soil. So the person makes a highly emotional decision to accept Christ because they're joyful, that things are good, and circumstances in life are favorable. However, when hardship comes, they quickly lose faith because their initial decision was never cultivated or deeply rooted in complete trust in Christ. There was never proper care and additional knowledge and understanding was never sought. This can be extremely discouraging for the individual and for others who were a part of the inviting process to come and see. It's like, oh man, I thought they got it. Things were so good. They were volunteering. They were coming every Sunday. And it's like they just disappeared. What happened? And Jesus is explaining it here. And it's a sad reality. But again, not to say to give up on them or to write them off. Encourage them. Reach out to them. Re-invite them. Don't allow the enemy to drag them further and further into despair. Remember, Satan is the author of lies and deceit. Combat that in your loved one's life with truth and love and grace. And it's understandable. Doesn't it often seem the case that God is working in our lives? It just isn't in the way we thought or hoped it would look like. Like that job just 
took way too long to come around, or it never came around, I'm still doing this other thing, or my finances just never changed. My family looks a lot different than what I imagined it would. My retirement years aren't looking like I imagined them to be. Or I don't think I would ever experience so much anxiety or struggle so badly for so long. Perhaps the hurt from a loss is far greater than what you ever anticipated having to walk through in life. It's like, God, I bought into this. I bought into what you were selling. Where is my happiness? Why is God not responding the way that I think he should? Again, Jesus says many times, there was just never proper care or additional knowledge and understanding from Scripture sought. So the seed that sprouted, it fell away and withered at the first sign of hardship. Again, not the kind of soil that's productive over time. And Jesus goes on to explain the third kind of soil. So the seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth. So no fruit is produced. So rather than being driven from truth by hardship, this person is lured away from truth by promises of something better. And of course, these promises will never be fulfilling because these competing gods are deceitful and counterfeit. This is just taking a better offer, a right here, right now kind of offer. You can have the stuff. You can get the money, the power, the influence. All you have to do is focus your attention on your own success rather than waiting or even considering what better thing God may have for you. Another type of soil that bears no significant spiritual results. Then we come to the final kind of soil. And this is where we begin to see our big idea come into play. Verse 23, the seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand, there's our phrase again, God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. So here the soil does not only receive understanding and acceptance of Christ, it internalizes it, it nurtures it, and it's blessed with a harvest. Notice to this point, no other soil has realized the benefit of receiving the good news. Perhaps a spontaneous moment of joy or a moment of realization, we see clearly that the soil of our hearts determines the effectiveness of our faith. Other soils never experience the life-changing benefits of a long-term faith. This now leads us into our first thinking point to consider, which is this. Healthy growth is usually gradual. This is true in nature. This is true in our physical bodies, and it's true spiritually. 
Healthy things grow, but most often they grow slowly, unfortunately. There's an important principle at play in this parable, and this is very significant for all of us today. The softer and more receiving we remain to Christ, the more we are rewarded with spiritual truth, insights, and understanding. Verse 12, Jesus said, To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. And they will have an abundance of knowledge. The reward isn't money, power, an easy life, or even good health. The promise is that we will receive spiritual understanding to endure real life. This comes slowly and even painfully at times. So instead of becoming discouraged by life and overwhelmed by not understanding God's plan for you, remember, healthy growth is usually gradual. So spiritual growth is a slow, maturing process. How do we soften our hearts and keep them soft so that we can enjoy and reap the benefits of a mature and healthy faith? Jesus goes on to explain to his disciples He says, but blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, but they didn't see. And they longed to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. Looking without seeing and listening without hearing is common language Jesus uses throughout his whole ministry, to separate those who genuinely sought him from those who were looking to him to find status or power or even looking to undermine him. So when Jesus uses these terms, here's what he's referring to. So the first, looking and listening, refers to the physical. The latter, seeing and hearing, refers to the spiritual heart or our capacity to accept or reject faith that is laid before us. So we can look and never truly see, and we can listen while never truly hearing. And guess what? It all goes back to the soil of our hearts. Because remember, the type of soil of your heart determines the effectiveness of your faith. See, Jesus implicitly reveals to us that when we continually respond to what we see him doing and when we continually respond to what we hear in Jesus' teaching, then guess what? The softer and more receiving the soil of our heart remains. The more we are rewarded with spiritual understanding, insights, and spiritual maturity. Which leads us to our second thinking point for today. So spiritual maturity is a gradual process, but is extremely rewarding. Jesus compares it to producing a crop that was 30, 60, even 100 times as much as had been planted. Maintaining a soft heart is spiritually rewarding. We benefit Our families benefit, our church benefits, and our community benefits. This all begins inside each of us 
individually. But so now, how? If it all begins on the inside of us, and we've talked about seeing and hearing, what the themes now, what are the themes that we find within Scripture that Jesus is saying must happen in order to have this continued maintenance of having a soft soil in our hearts? Well, here's where we focus the remainder of our time. And I have three takeaways for us today that will help us. Takeaway number one, humility. Humility must exist to have a heart of softened soil. Pride produces hardness in all areas of life and in our heart. C.S. Lewis, in his renowned book, Mere Christianity, offers this perspective on pride. The essential vice, the utmost evil, is pride, unchastity, anger, greed, drunkenness, all of that are mere flea bites in comparison. It was through pride that the devil became the devil. Pride leads to every other vice. It is the complete anti-God state of mind. It's pride, which has been the chief cause of misery in every nation and every family since the world began. There's very strong words used here. And Scripture agrees that pride is a complete undermining of God's plan for you and for me. Self-reliance is rejecting the Lord's leadership in your life. This will lead us to a hardened heart. So we must remove pride from our hearts in order to find any kind of spiritual success. If not, pride, like a vicious weed, will steal our nutrients. It'll wrap us around its grip and it'll choke us out of all effectiveness from our harvest. Humility. It's a lifestyle and it must happen. Takeaway number two is this. We must maintain consistency. So I'm going to get a little bit personal here. You guys are my friends, so I trust you. I'm on a diet. And before any of the smart aleck comments come in, it's only been a couple of weeks, so give me some time. But I've discovered my health pattern. And this is just me. I'm not proud of this, but I'm going to shoot it straight with you. Some people really enjoy eating healthy. They find it empowering, energizing, and even enjoyable. I do not. I enjoy eating the wrong kinds of things. But what I find is that I allow myself to get to a certain point, usually of weight gain, that I determine, wow, I've let it go too far. <laughs> I'm way too far gone here. My pants don't fit. My shirts must have shrunk in the wash. I think my wife switched detergents. Well, the self-deceit ends, and I realize, man, I've become undisciplined again. My kids are good at helping with this. They started calling me Big Chungus. I'm not even sure what that is, but it doesn't sound flattering. So I diet, and I exercise, and I get to where I want to be, or at least close, and that lasts a while, and I keep up with it. Then I fall into a pattern of neglect once again. 
what I have found is that this is not the healthiest way to function physically. And that makes me really sad because health does not naturally happen. We must be disciplined, but more than that, we must be consistent over a long period of time in order to achieve sustained health. At times, I feel like the same pattern can also get me spiritually. How about you? Like, wait a minute. What just ran through my thoughts? Like, wow, did I just say that out loud? That doesn't sound like me. Perhaps you stop and think, how long has it been since I've went to church? Or when did I last have a faith conversation or a spiritual conversation with my spouse or with my kids? When was the last time I watched the service online even or studied my Bible or prayed when it wasn't for food or a part of my kids' nighttime routine? So we find ourselves really out of health spiritually. Or... How about this? We face a really tough season in life, and this is me as well. And we rein it in, clean it up, get back closer to where we should be with Christ, relying on him, talking with him, and things get better. And we drift away into unhealthy spiritual behavior. And just like our physical health, our spiritual health needs consistent and disciplined maintenance. More than just Sundays, more than just when we go through hard times, in order to maintain a heart of soft soil, we need spiritual consistency and discipline. And when these two things combine, humility and discipline, our faith becomes internally dynamic. When we're changed on the inside and Christ is able to do his work within us, we grow and we change in ways that can be tangibly seen by others and produce a healthy harvest. And then our last takeaway for today is this. Live your life according to kingdom values. We got to keep focus. We have to keep moving forward. If not, the enemy will take us out spiritually. We can't let the enemy win when life gets too hard. We can't let the enemy win by becoming complacent when things are good. We can't have shallow roots that get burned up as soon as bad things, hard things come into our life. And we cannot allow our pride and selfishness to be allured by what the world has to offer to us. Here's what Stuart K. Weber states. The kingdom must endure in the midst of opposition from the world. All the while, however, it will grow in power and influence. The kingdom will prevail and its citizens may look ahead to justice and reward at the final judgment. For those who have put their faith in Christ alone, those of us who have seen and heard and have understanding, sure, we will endure the enemy's efforts to distract us, to discourage us, to distort the perfect message of Christ, but we can hold tight to the promise that we have a secured future 
and a home with Christ. So as we wrap up today, I want to leave you with one final verse of encouragement. This is Jesus speaking in John chapter 6. He says this, Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart. And I love this phrase. So much hope and strength is in this phrase. And just imagine Jesus says this to us today. In your distress, in your relational disasters, in that health crisis, in your addiction, in your bad times, and in your good times. Take a deep breath and take heart. Then he goes on to say, because I have overcome the world. We must maintain kingdom values so that we have a soil that is ready to produce for his kingdom. Humility, consistency, and kingdom values. With a commitment to these qualities, we can maintain a heart of soft soil, ready to produce good fruit and grow in our knowledge and understanding, maturing us in our faith in Christ. Let's pray together. I come to you today thankful for your guidance, your words that help us to know and understand how to navigate life's difficulties, hard seasons in life. And let us take heart in knowing that our faith in you allows us to walk through anything the enemy or that this world can throw our way. For those who have never put their faith and trust in you, I pray that their eyes would be open to truly see. Their ears would be open to hear what you have to say to them and to listen. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.